I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. We'd like to begin this podcast by acknowledging the traditional custodians of the land that we're recording this podcast on, Los Angeles. Those are the Shumash, Keech, and Tongva people. We would like to pay our respects to their traditions as well as to their elders past and present. Salad or Dolly, through a great party, we all drank Bacardi, it got kind of gnarly. We're light as a feather, we're tougher than leather. Together we're weirder, we're weirder together. You want me to start the podcast, Ioni? I do want you to start the podcast. You didn't, sometimes you like to start. But it's oh, not today. I mean, I just want oh, to show all gross. these great pictures. This is with, with no context of what's even happening today. Ioni huh? is starting to A show... A picture of Miho. Pictures. Um, so, welcome to Weirder Together podcast. I'm Ben Lee. I'm Ioni Sky. And we're really excited today because we have a special guest, Mr. Aaron Rose. Welcome, sir. Thanks, guys. So, Aaron Rose, you're a man who has done many things. You've left a very indelible imprint upon culture. But how do you, if someone doesn't know you, how do you describe what your life's work has been? Like what your Because your, your bio is very long and it's all so interesting. If we read it, it would take yeah. up 20 minutes. What's your elevator yeah. pitch on who you are? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, I don't know. I no just, pressure. No pressure. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess at the, at the, the high level thinking, I always just say I'm an artist, but that's not really the only when people when you say artist, people think painter, right? Know, which I am, but like not all the time or whatever. I yeah. think it's just like like I probably suffer from un, undiagnosed ADHD mm-hmm. or something. Like I think a lot of us do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. And, and so it's just like. I just get bored with one thing. So yeah. like I write, I like, I paint, I make music sometimes, I make films, I create exhibitions. I just do a lot of yeah. stuff. I'm a polymath, I guess is what you call it. And did you go in, <laughs> did you go into your career? Obviously you started, I know you started the gallery when you were like 19, right? 21. 21. Yeah. yeah legend. Like, did you yeah. go in wanting to have this sort of very diverse career or... Uh, because I, I think I mostly we start out with more narrow visions. Yeah. Which, yeah. I started as a musician when I was a teenager in like a failed acoustic punk band called Cat Furniture. We played like five gigs and broke up. Um, and then I decided I was going to be a painter. So I tried to be a painter. And then I stumbled upon this storefront on Ludlow Street on Lower East Side in um, like 1991. Um, and just a bunch of me and a bunch of my friends moved in there, not thinking to do anything really with it. I was going to use it as a painting studio or whatever, and then just started throwing art shows, more like parties, right? Mm-hmm, yeah, they weren't like it wasn't like a business, yeah, you know. And then parties are the most refined art form. Yes, yeah, so, you know, <laughs> like, I kind of miss those, you know, unprofessional, the unprofessional times. But yeah, and then it's just one thing led to another, you know. Yeah. And it's funny, actually, I, I don't want to diverse too far, but there's a one of my earliest friends, one of the people I met really early in, when I lived in New York was Mike Mills, a filmmaker who I yeah. think you guys know. I love Mike Mills. And Mike taught me that it was okay to be a polymath. Yeah. Mm. Well, it he's makes, a polymath. It makes sense you know? if you're artistic, why wouldn't you do a couple things? It's sort of, I guess it 
seems more unusual, I guess, if you're, uh, you know, I guess like math and art are related, but whatever. Mm -hmm. If you're a lawyer, you know, and you have a band, it seems more... But you sound why, like a dad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But why wouldn't you be? I mean, I paint and I act and I like writing as well. And I don't know. It just seems like if you're artistic, I don't they know. They inform each other, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I but, feel that way too. And now it's getting more and more. I mean, it used to be really like you're an actor and a singer. Yeah. It was like, ugh. No. Well, but, that's what I think that whole era that you were onto very early on and we've talked about this the way now it's so evident in social media but i think you were onto the idea that the creation of culture could sort of take any medium and it was more mm -hmm. about the intention and the energy behind it yeah 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 for sure for sure and i feel i i think that the young people today the kids today are really lucky because it's much more accepted now mm. to just do yeah, like you were saying, like to do a lot of things. You yeah, know? as long it's as like, you got Instagram followers, it's totally fine. Yeah, you just slap it on your profile, like creative director. I'm a creative director. Right, you know, everyone's a creative director. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Um, and I, I'm I'm really happy for those because it was for like our generation, my generation, whatever. It was much harder to do that. You know, hmm. there was that like jack of all trades, master of none kind of like thing that you kind of always had to contend with. And I don't really feel like the new generation has that as much. Totally, totally. So from, yeah. from my memory, we met, I was 18 years old, so it would have been 96. I graduated high school and I was doing something with Mike and Tamara in the, uh, it was Christmas Day, I think. Mm -hmm. And they were like, Aaron Rose is having a little party in his loft. And we went around then, it was the first time I met Harmony and Chloe and I was wearing Dave Perna's shoes. He'd, um, I hadn't had some shoes for some reason in Minneapolis. And Dave Perna was like, "Yeah, I'll give you." But he was like a size eleven, and, um, oh, wow. and I'm a smaller guy. And <laughs> Harmon, the first conversation I had with Harmony, he was like, Whoa, "You're like Charlie Chaplin." Nice. And I, <laughs> so that was you are a bit. Was that a tradition of like you having like gatherings on Christmas Day, or that was a one off? That day? was a one off. Cool. Yeah, cool, cool. there were a bunch of those. But okay, so in my memory, the yeah. first time that we met was on Somersault Tour. Oh. Because I was doing the exhibitions on the Somersault Tour, which was like a music tour that toured around Australia in 95. That's right. And so Noise Addict was on that yes. bill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. it was an insane tour. But I remember that we hung out. That, that was tour. so fun, that tour. Because yeah. it was sort of like, it felt like also all those bands, like the alternative bands, were sort of still a little bit shell-shocked that they'd gotten famous. Yeah. They, no one was used to it yet. No. So it's just, Yeah. And the way the art was included also was like a big part of, I think, the the vision of the 90s, right? Of counterculture. Yeah. 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 Um, did I don't you? know where we met. I mean, I was in New York around 91 and, you know, I was with Adam Horowitz. Yeah. And then- You guys must have met back then. We did. We, yeah. yeah. We yeah, did, yeah. but we never really became, yeah. like, we sort of moved in this. Like, I know I yeah. met you back then. Or I whatever, wonder if I went there, probably. I was probably so stoned did. and pot back then that I, I just <laughs> wandered around. Did. and you was can tell she's remember, a little touch cold. I just remember thinking that you were, you were really hot. fancy. Yeah, like, oh, all really? I remember is like, oh, she's fancy. Oh, she likes my that. I'm not, but I was like, not fancy. Oh, I, but you didn't, you grow up in Calabasas? I love that people. That wasn't as fancy back then. But, um, and then, so you, Tatiana von Furstenberg as well. That's where I really. My girlfriend. That's where oh, I really. I feel yeah. like that's where I I started taking you in. Okay, first. yeah. Not, because she's fancy. No, no. I'm not fancy. Yeah. She is. She's fancy. also not fancy, but she is fancy. Yeah, she is. Wait, yeah. how long yeah, did you guys was, date for? Oh, you guys together? Maybe for like a, a year, okay. like in '93, '94. 
from gotcha. that time. Oh, right in the prime, prime yeah. years, prime years. She seduced me. Oh, nice. Yeah. Aww. So she Jesus. sent me furry handcuffs. <gasps> oh, that's how Amazing. she seduced. Yeah, I never. I'd only talked to her one time before, and then she sent furry handcuffs over. And that's I was so like, hot. Who I is love this that. Good on that. She is not. She's not afraid. <laughs> she's not afraid to make a statement and no. make an impression. Yeah. No, she's good. That's amazing. And so, what was so this book? Um, I love this book. This is uh, all about the gallery and yeah. these, all the amazing artists Great and Christmas and, present. Or yeah, yeah, it's an yeah. awesome holiday present. And this whatever. came. When did this come out? A few years ago. No years. years ago. I mean, oh, years. Uh, ago. Fifteen years ago. Or something. Great cool. picks. So, mm-hmm. like, yeah. So how do you see, like, the legacy of Alleged and how it impacts? Because I feel like so much came out of it. Yeah. But it's a way that it's a little, like, it's still sort of like an underground reference to people. Yeah, because it never made any money. Oh. Um, That's what we're trying to do these yeah, days. Yeah, we're trying, to, we're trying to not make any money. Just have, just have cultural impact. Except, yeah, it had a lot of cultural impact, yeah, yeah. but it never reached a point of, like, like, maybe in the future culture takes a long time. Was it intended to make money? I think so. One yeah. hopes. Yeah. I mean, not to be rich, but to make rent. Yeah. yeah. yeah it would yeah, have been yeah. nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, yeah. But it just, it was like this time. I mean, we were all part of this time. Like there was a time when like all of these different cultural worlds kind of came together, you know, like the merging of like fashion culture and street culture and, you know, punk and hip hop and all these worlds kind of all came together at one time. Yeah. The beginning of street culture, streetwear, all that it was yeah, all yeah, yeah. you know, like large and like yeah. all these things that were going on during that time. And then we just happened to be at the right place at the right time, you know. I don't for really people think- to hang and go and hang out there and just all meet yeah, each other, meet yeah. each other, and like a place to go and so fun. How yeah. great when the, there are those spots that. You just know you can just wander in and someone's going to be there. You'll know someone or, yeah. And if you don't know that person, then you you will know them by the end of the night or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think because you sort of were on the curational side as well as the creative side, so you had to, even if it wasn't making money, you had to comprehend it as a business. You know what I mean? Whereas like the artists often really were clueless. Yeah. Do you think that having that side of your brain gave you the opportunity to sort of survive and pivot more as culture changed? I think so. Yeah. And opportunities came, yeah. you know, opportunities. Like Somersault was an example. Not that we made a lot of money, but op- more international opportunities, which happens a lot, I think, with sometimes with the, the American underground. It's like recognized in Europe and in Japan and Australia, like years before, like the U.S., even like realizes it's there. Well, I think in some ways from, I know at least from Australia, (laughs) we elevated and worshipped things and actually assumed they were bigger than they were because the impact, you get these fanzines and stuff. Yeah. And if someone was on the cover, if Sebado was on the cover of a fanzine, you would just think they were this massive massive band. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like we got a very sort of disproportionate understanding of American underground culture. Yeah. And Japan is the same. I mean, Mm. Japan are like, I mean, you know, they're crazy fans. Totally. So, yeah, but I would like go to Japan a lot during that time, starting in the mid-90s and like, go over there with a bunch of artists and we were like, they're like paparazzi almost. You know what I mean? The craziness. And then you go back to New York and you're like, live in a closet. Totally. It was like really hard to kind of deal with the two sides of all that sometimes. Totally. Was you there know? what, I mean, but this thank book, God for them. Cause they kept it going. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. This book has so many, just there's so much debauchery and yeah. crazy stories. Like, is there, were there any moments, was there any specific moment 
where you really felt that the whole thing was like, I don't know, like bound for self-destruction just because like there was some people were engaged in some dangerous behavior. Like there are some moments I feel like where you just sort of look around and go, oh my God, is this thing going to blow up in my face? (laughs) Like every other day. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was really because... We were two doors down from a bar called Max Fish, oh, which yeah. is no yeah. longer there anymore, unfortunately. Mm. That's where I licked MDMA off Kate Moss's hand. There you go. Yeah, yeah. It was that kind of place. <laughs> yeah. It's experience. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so they became like the, the gallery space and the bar became kind of interchangeable in a weird way. And when the bar would close at four, we didn't because we all lived there. So like the, the nights would go like pretty, pretty often, like three or four times a week. Like they'd go till sunrise. You know, and at a certain point, you just can't do that anymore. You just can't do it. You know what I mean? And so, yeah. And it was was dark, man. Yeah. Every new (laughs) new scene, you probably think the last one was more was darker, and then this one looks a little different, so you don't recognize it. But then you're like, oh, I guess this is the same trajectory. Like there's this sort of whatever, and then this crash, and then you see who sort of left. And a lot of there's an archetypal. Yeah, and you're just like maybe this one looks different. It's but it's dressed up differently, but not. No, and a lot of people don't survive. Yeah, for sure. You know. Max Fish, Fish, did that start a long time ago, that bar? Or it just sounds like an old... It sounds like Max's Kansas City. Oh, maybe that's what I'm thinking about. It just has one of those like names that sound like... She was high on pot. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, that'll happen. I think think Max Fish opened in 89. Okay, yeah. yeah. And the the whole... Like I'm, I think the whole skateboarding culture and the way that intersected with the art world, that was like the first time that it happened, right? Yeah. That was like a new thing. Yeah. What was the moment when you realized that there was like something of like cultural importance coming out of the skateboarding community as opposed to just like a bunch of punk kids? Uh, I mean, I think the response, we did the first skateboard art show that I organized was in 92, April of 92. And in my dumb 22-year-old brain or whatever, like, the response was huge. It really wasn't. We got written up, like, that big postage stamp in Thrasher. <laughs> which, but for me, it was like, hey, in Australia, still, like, we thought that was the front dude, of Vanity Fair. <laughs> even now, like, I'm just, like, that's still the best thing that ever oh, happened yeah. in my life was that, that little postage stamp article in Thrasher. Um, so cool. But, yeah, no, then that was, like, all of a sudden when that show happened and that was, like, all these different people from all over the world were just sending stuff, you know, like, boxes were just arriving, like, at the door of, like, boards and drawings and, like, anyone was invited in. It was not curated at all. But then, like, all of a sudden, um, at least for New York, like, the people who were coming to the gallery were, like, different. Mm. You know what I mean? It wasn't just, like, the scene, you know? There was, like, all kinds of different people coming all the time. And then sort of saying, oh, like, maybe, like, it wasn't, like, success, but it was, you started realizing, oh, like, it struck a chord, right? Like and people, were there some artists know. who people were buying from and then all of a sudden it became a little competitive or they were like, oh, wait, I can do this and make a little money? And- Later, yeah. At that point, nobody was really buying anything. I mean, we were selling, like, Mark Gonzalez drawings for $20. Thurston Moore bought one, and we thought that was, like, the biggest thing ever. Yeah. He spent 20 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And did you <laughs> did you build a personal collection of work from yeah. that time too? Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I tried to get something later on. I mean, at that time I was so broke, but – yeah, I tried to kind of get something from every show, if I could. Cool. And where's where do you live now? In Hollywood, not oh, far nice. from here. Oh, cool. Yeah, near the Bowl. Nice. Yeah. yeah. 
So that's the place to ransack for all the, all the amazing, <laughs> incredible but 90s. You know what? There's no street value. Oh, yeah. Is it really? Is the market not? Huh. So it hasn't I, yet. Because it feels like it should. Like it's going to get like. It It'll should, come right? back. Just like yeah. everything comes back. Yeah. But yeah, it's kind of out right now. Huh, right. That's interesting, but all not that. Shepard Fairey. St- I mean, that's but it's not not his personal stuff. Like you can hire him to do a corporate thing, right? Right. That's yeah. Where the money and I think is. People, like, yeah, I mean, yeah. people still buy it or whatever. But like the, everything goes in trends. Yeah. yeah. Music and what about Harmony and, had a big show like a couple years back? Here, remember he, he, big, just a few months ago he did. Oh, yeah. big yeah. big pieces, right? Yeah, big paintings, really good. Yeah, that's so nice. Yeah, they were great. He's another polymath. Yeah, yeah, he really is. Yeah, he's weird. Any polymaths like the sort of Florida dad with polo shirts. And stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like now he he's wears, like, like Jimmy Buffett. He's yeah, sort of like <laughs> he drives a red Ferrari. Normcore <laughs> slash Jimmy Buffett. I think I'm like that too. I'll get into sometimes just I love to dress the part of different, even if it's sort of really boring thing. Like it's fun to just have the outfit for it. I don't know yeah. why. Yeah, you're, um, you're lucky you have that. I've, I've dressed the same way since I was 14, just trying to grow up. When I'm an old man, it will finally make sense. Yeah, when did you decide your look? Because you have such a distinctive look. Like, like when I was a teenager. And it was, there it was, was a brief, like. No one in Calabasas was looking like this. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it started off as like a mod. I was like a mod. mod yeah. And then it just kind of like turned into like a version of mod. Yeah. Gotcha. Mod gotcha. is a good, it's a nice. I was looking back as I'm writing a memoir. I was looking back at Adam Horowitz's looks because when you write, you know, you have to describe things. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, right. I forgot he kind of had mod cut pants, like thin yeah. at the bottom. And there was, you know, obviously the, the, the B, the B, you know, B boy or whatever, like yeah. that. Peg Dickies. But yeah, okay. I'll try to, I'll remember <laughs> yeah. that. Is that like stovepipe? Is that the yeah. same thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But we do them ourselves, you know? All right. Like you just like, exactly. Yeah, you pin them in you and then you pin them in and then you, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Them, like, yeah. Yeah. So this this book is has just come out. Yeah, and this is a a collection of poems from the nineties that were written on napkins and in notebooks and yeah. drunken scribbles. We could say perfect. And I yes. love the grading of the paper here. That's so the way cool. it goes. See that? Dark, it goes. Yeah, just gradually deeper and deeper oh, yeah. into the, the darkness. That's great. Um, <laughs> So yeah, t- tell us about this. Like, what was the process of like you rediscovered a bunch of old writing, right? During COVID, during the lockdown, like none of us going could... through things. Yeah, like we could, nobody could do anything, you yeah. know. And so there was a box I had of like writings and journals and things like that, and I just started like digging through. And then I realized that there were like a couple of hundred of these. Like I can't. I don't even know why I saved these things. You know what I mean? That were just like scribbles, poems, drunken shit. Some of it's like barely legible because I was so drunk when I wrote them. Yeah. Right. Um, but I was just like, maybe there's something here, you know, and I have nothing else to do. So I just started transcribing them. I'd try to do like 10 a day or something like that. Yeah. And know? some of them where there's layout is like part of it, right? They're like, yeah. the words are peppered. They were around. a bit different, you know, like, cause they're, not, they're all handwritten. Like there was no computers. Gotcha. That's so yeah. satisfying to transcribe scribbles. Yeah, you've been like, doing some of that. Well, a little you? bit, but yeah, but that's great. And I was tried really, really hard. I don't know if you've been doing this, but tried really, really hard to not change them. Yeah. yeah, because you must cringe at times. Sure. Better now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Oh, I cringe at the entire book. Right. You know? Yeah. Like I was nineteen. I I've ch- I ch- I don't know <laughs> if there's one portion that will be truly transcribed, or I'm not going to use any of that. But I ha- I changed a couple things. 
Which is not, which is cheating. But it's not. It's knows? your work. You're it's allowed to do whatever. Work, yeah. you Look, a, a, docu- a documentary is <laughs> twenty four frames a second of lies. Yeah, totally. Know? And it's not a po- poems. It's a little different. Like I guess this would be like whatever. Anyway, but yeah, yeah that's so. So yeah, what's nice. your? I love that picture. What's your relationship to this period of your life? Because it's like it's obviously you've it's got a you're capturing a certain kind of like you said a dark. There was a dark experience, but a very alive experience. Yeah, of being in your in New 20s. York. In New York, yeah. yeah. I'm, I started writing them when I was nineteen, in like eighty nine, and it was most of them were done actually before I opened the gallery. Gotcha. There's a few that were like during that period of time, but like I had just I was nineteen. I just moved to New York. I didn't really know what I was gonna do. I, I like had a shitty job in a retail store. And I was trying to be a painter or whatever, but I just would spend, as you do when you're 19 in New York, I would just spend all day in bars. You know, bars were cheap too, you know? Right. Just like like any day I wasn't working, I would just like, I could go to the bar like in the morning, you know? Because it's like company and, and <laughs> yeah. if, the weather, if it's warm, warm or cool, yeah. depending on the weather. Yeah, which I've not right. done in so long. And that's so your long. office. Yeah, the bar it was like your office. Yeah, it was that's like the cool. office, and so I would just sit in there, and there was no phone to look at. There yeah. was no other distraction, so I would just like bring a pen, and then like I had journals and like little notebooks and stuff, or I just like write on the napkins or whatever. So it was really just like boredom. Yeah, and it's also like a real yeah. at that age, like a romance about the past. You know the Bukowskis and a little bit Kerak's of that too, and all that kind of thing yeah. in the bars, and you know, yeah, like, I was like into Burroughs, yeah, and I yeah, was, yeah. you know, I had yeah, the Beats, and I had kind of a whole thing. Did about you have it. a favorite bar? Did anyone visit you in the bars or the Horseshoe Bar um, on Seventh and B? Okay, right yeah. by um, Tonkin Square Park, right uh-huh. there. It was like I would go there a lot, right. and the Mars Bar too. Did the yeah. bartenders, did you have a regular drink? Oh, yeah. What was your staple? Like, what was your regular I'm drink? I'm just a beer drinker. Oh, just beer? No, yeah, and yeah. sometimes a shot. Yeah. But yeah, just Morning beer. to night, keep it simple. Keep yeah. the order simple. How'd you yeah. get this, how'd you get this shiner? That, uh, bar fight. Ah, oh, bar fight. So authentic. Yeah. yeah. So good. Bar fight. That was actually at Max Fish, though. <laughs> was it? Yeah, because I got, I, it's a ridiculous story, but I got into an argument with, like, like Puerto Rican kids on the, the, it was like a drug block, right? Ludlow at that time. Now it's not, but it was like really like a drug block, which is another reason why people love to come down there because you could score everything on the street. But we got into an argument over who loved the neighborhood more. Oh, oh what a wholesome argument. You know? <laughs> <laughs> that was what it was about. Uh, and did, who did love it more? I got a beat down for it. So, you know, I think they were saying that no, it's like, yeah, I'm an interloper. You know, that's like amazing. The, the beginning of gentrification, which it was. It's but, so it's so funny just to beat someone up for loving the neighborhood. Yeah. It's sort of like <laughs> that's amazing. That's really that's amazing. A real neighborhood pride. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was like yeah. a pride fight. That's amazing. Yeah, incredible. Yeah, that's really and luckily, yeah, that photo got snapped. Right. Yeah, you look really tough. Ugh. So how do you like? I'm curious because you know this is something we talk about a lot. And obviously the times of our lives and, you know, I'm in my mid forties or in the early fifties, I don't know, imagine you're somewhere around 54. Yeah. 54. Yeah. How do you balance, and I ask this cause I think you're good at it, um, honoring the past, honoring that period of your life, but with not being overly nostalgic. So like you're staying present to what's happening now yeah. cause you love culture now. Yeah. And how do you Addicted. strike that balance? It's t- it's tricky, you know what I mean? Because you want to like 
honor your past, right? You don't want to like ignore everything that you've done because it's cool, right? Like your past is cool, but you can't just live in it. I see, I'm sure you guys see this. Yeah. Like, yeah. I see people who just live in the past all the time and that's fine for them. You know, I don't, it's not a judgment or anything like that, but I'm like, I could just never do that. Like just only be in. I think that's like, so what I've done. good. Just the fact you know? that you like it now, I think that's the answer to the question. Mm. Like uh, that, that you are able, like you're, you're more like that and it helps me stay like that because I would be someone living in the past. That was like one right. of our early fights. When we got together. Because I all and my all our friends, we just talked about things funny things that happened. Yeah. Remember back in the day. <laughs> That's all yeah. Remember when you said that? And then he said and that. Then ben was sort of like, oh, I don't really care about that. And I was <laughs> it's like, like it's funny every now and then to have a conversation. But like, not this every is day. my whole identity. <laughs> <laughs> but now we have so many new friends, young friends. I know so much like and also I have a 21 year old, so that helps. Yeah, but I just know, you know, new music, new whatever, like whatever, dancing, lingo, artists, all of it. Like, so I think it's it's so exciting, but I don't yeah. know if I didn't have kids or you, I would be like stuck in the, you know, 70s, 90s. But I like that in culture now there's room for, like I think the young people we meet, they want to hear about the 90s. Yeah. But they, they want, do. but they want it within a context that they can understand now. Like I think part of what people are interested that we talk to about both of our lives and careers of how, what, what sort of becoming, um, getting a little buzz or whatever was before social media. Yeah. Like it's hard for people to fathom, yeah. and so I think part of the value we can bring to younger culture now, contemporary culture, is our understanding of what it was like then. What do you mean and, buzz? Like, well, I just mean like, like now. Like a dopamine hit or whatever? No, no, no. I just mean more like just in your career. Like I think now we young people know what it looks like for someone to be on the ascent, star making, right, whatever right, that right. looks like now. It's, it's It happens on social media, basically. Yeah. Um, right. what The way it used to happen, like fanzines, the con the connection of people that would you get a phone number of someone in London to be friends with and, and you, like like facts. Yeah, the yeah. way you send facts. The intelligentsia and the way like <laughs> yeah. smart artistic people used to connect. And just like you said, like your spot and even clubs, like the people who were celebrities with that they weren't even really celebrities. They no. were just characters. And they were the celebrity of the club. And, you know, they probably did do things, but it was more just, you know, you were like, oh, cool, they're there. Like, you know, it's like a hot night because, you know, but it wasn't, right. you know. Yeah, I've been saying we were like the original micro-influencers. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. But, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I've just been, you know, if you go back and you think about things, you think about nights or whatever and, like, you know, nights when, like, Leo DiCaprio was there with David Blaine, you know, like these, like, weird people but everyone's like feel 22 chopping off david's yeah. finger with a cigar cutter yeah, but everyone's like 22 <laughs> so it doesn't just, really <laughs> it doesn't they're not you're excited but it's more just you're all there just like trying to you know like have fun and pick people up and yeah. so everyone's sort of on the same playing yeah, field like, where do i fit into the yeah still like it's exciting but you still you're all motivated by the same like drive to basically probably like have sex and just like pretty much have yeah so yeah. get fucked up you're get not like up. just like you're not like a fan totally only no yeah no. together we're weirder we're weirder together ryan reynolds here from mint mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Another thing I was talking to my friend about recently that ties into your last question is that there was an idea of like selling out. Oh no, yeah, no sellout, and oh, that God. does not exist anymore. I know it was deadly back then. I was I've been writing in the <laughs> memoir because it was like, you know, like the Beastie Boys called it like kissing the monkey because they had a photo shoot with some famous great photographer and they had like someone in a, a you know gorilla mask to, like kiss the monkey and they were like no we're not doing that and that, that was the term for doing dumb right when they wanted a press shot that was not to their liking yeah and it was just i mean of course you don't want to do anything that's uncomfortable but, but now people respond with like get that bag everything <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kiss, kiss the monkey like, whatever yeah. kiss the monkey <laughs> but it's weird because it's sort of like but it's a new type of a cultural career that includes the need to make money. Like it's not, to me, it's not oh, right. as, um, I know you could say, there's an argument where you could say, oh, it's become so commercialized or corporate. But I just think it's also become more like realistic where young people know, hey, if I want a career in creativity and culture, I got to have an income. So yeah. I celebrate my friends who are making money because they're going to be able to keep I doing it. I mean, like, yeah. I remember when Woody Allen, I heard, like, he did a Kodak commercial in Japan. And that was, like, because it was, no one would, it wouldn't be embarrassing. By the right. way, that sounds, like, so cool. Totally. Like, now. But, I'm going to go YouTube like, that. You know, you couldn't, you can't do anything that, like, I mean, of course, there's doing some commercials. You look at certain people and you're, like, whatever. Like, people are saying Lady Gaga doing a migraine commercial or something. Right. like. But, but I'm, nobody like. Nobody really cares. I'm, like, I think she probably has migraines like that yeah. i'm so i believe everything yeah. i'm just like she yeah this is good for her i bet you she seems tense she probably and there are people are like why is she doing a migraine commercial but did did you ever get any sort of offer that you viewed as it would have been selling out at the time that you passed up on i mean too many i don't remember them all yeah but there yeah. were there was oh, a lot yeah. you said no to oh yeah that you wouldn't say no to now no way yeah, 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 yeah. no way yeah. The amount of money I lost that I said no to yeah. over the years because of punk rock guilt or whatever it is, you yeah. know, like, like it's ridiculous. And it was what like, was well, like- my friends, my friends won't like me. Yeah. It was so, so it wasn't as internalized. It was more just like fear of like social the, repercussions. The, the, the culture yeah. will, I, yeah, will hate I, me. Yeah. I had that. So, but yeah. then I remember we were friendly with Mike Watt and he was talking about what punk used to be and what it meant was it wasn't like just be cool and don't be heavy metal and don't be goofy and just be like this punk is a whole thing but i think the original well he was like everyone should be different everyone should have their own approach and their own style and not how it started right and then it sort of became like you know one thing yeah the british ruined it right the british they the british are coming and they ruined everything (laughs) they They ruined everything (laughs) so yeah what's what made it a uniform what is it that like what What's exciting you these days, like culturally, creatively, what's happening in there? What conversations are like giving you a vibe? Oh man, I don't know. I'm, I, 
I mean, this is going to sound so funny coming from the guy who just put out blackout poems <laughs> from my bar, my bar poetry. Are you getting but back into bar fights? No. <laughs> although I did think about doing one, you know, just to like bring it back. No. Oh, no, that would be good I'm publicity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, can't, no. I can't afford, I can't show up with a black eye to school pickup. <laughs> who loves the school more? No, you have to fight other dads. Oh, yeah. <laughs> who loves this? Who loves I have more yeah, school get, pride than yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Oh no, I mean, it sounds really funny, but like, I'm actually like really, really interested in what's happening with AI, yeah. which is like way off topic for what we're talking about. But I know everyone's so scared of it. Yeah, um, and there are some reasons to be scared, but it's also like an incredible tool. I agree. You know, it's like an incredible tool if you learn how to use it right, which I haven't quite figured it out. But I think the conversation is, yeah. we need both conversations, but yeah. it's it's wildly imbalanced. The conversation about the terror that AI is going to rain upon us is dominating everything. People said that about the light bulb, you know? Right, and the famous thing about <laughs> the written word. Socrates yeah. didn't right, like right. the written word. Because the Plato, it was like his kid was like, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think it's, um, it is going to shift, obviously, process is just changing with everything, yeah. but- As artists, it's like a wonderful oh, tool. The ability to do, like, it's yeah. like MIDI with making music. Yeah. You can suddenly um, have like- Charles, <laughs> Charles Fleischer works with it. That's he true. He does both, he does- uh, Real, you know, he paints as well, but he also does stuff, and and it's cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's like it's a little baby mind. right now. It hasn't figured it's out his what it mind, wants to but be. he puts his yeah. fantasy into it, and it's like I don't know. I think he's using it well, actually, yeah. which is interesting because he's like eighty five or something. Well, yeah. I think that's what people, you know, our age, the benefit that we have through having really lived through culture created before computers yeah. is we look at these things as tools. Yeah. It is interesting. Goldie, our daughter last night was saying she's found a TikTok trend of people making videos that they're going to save for their kids. And they're just like, hi, it's your mom. Like when they're 12. Wow. I guess, and they're really looking at it's a whole other way of looking at creativity when they've got documentation and integration with technology from their whole lives. Yeah. But I think we, you know, we look at it as something added, not the whole thing. No, basically. it's like Photoshop or something. Yeah, yeah. You but know, it's just awkward... like, oh, that, I can do that? Totally. Exactly. Totally. <laughs> yeah. And this awkward time has got a lot of humor and interesting things in it. Like it's the AI is so uh, odd and interesting. Oh, yeah. And so there's been <laughs> so much humor and oddness and, you know, people purposefully enjoying the the mushiness and the weirdness of it. Yeah, and because that's it's like wrong. Thing. It's, it's wrong. It's like gets it right. wrong all the time. And, and so yeah. I wonder if it'll one day be totally smooth and this will be this great period of being... Yeah, and, Could it's, in, be. Yeah. and it's interesting with film. And I'm curious because you, you know, you have your work, Director's Bureau and that whole side of things. Yeah. AI seems to indicate a shift in film as going truly back to being a director's medium. And I think part of the fear of actors is actors have driven a lot of the cultural capital of getting things financed and stuff. Of course. But this is a this is a different thing when a director can really execute a cinematic vision potentially without the complication of actors. Finally, I'd be able to do all my... Every time I write a script, I'm like, what am I doing? I'll ne who can ever do this without a billion dollars? But... Um, but wait, I want to hear that. Sorry, sorry, yeah. sorry. Well, no, it's fine. Plug the script into the computer and yeah. 30 minutes, it yeah, films yeah, yeah, done. Yeah, 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 exactly. on Columbus's yes. ship. But yeah, do you, do you... How do you feel about that? Like, what the role of a director with it all? I don't know. I mean, I understand actors' fears, but I don't think that the technology with AI will ever be good enough 
to capture all the subtleties in a human performance. I think it, like no matter how many mistakes You'll you program feel it. in, You'll feel it. that like a human being makes the kinds of mis- personality mistakes or whatever, yeah. like the quirks of a personality yeah. that you can tell the difference. Yeah. You know? yeah. So I don't ever really think it'll be that good. It'll yeah. probably come pretty close. Yeah. But I don't really think that the actors will become completely irrelevant unless that's like part of the gimmick of the movie. Right. Right. You know, like it's all the first movie that's all AI or, right. or yeah. whatever. But like if you think you about it, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Pixar and all that, they have voice actors, but then the creation of the visuals. But I guess we know right. we're watching an animation. Exactly. Yeah. And AI, I think AI is, will be incredible for like sets, you know, and yeah. like building you know, building worlds. I know. That's, you know? that's, I, Terry that's, Gilliam, like, yeah. he, he did that. He built, like, they looked like it. No, <laughs> production design is like an area that that's going to be the first to be impacted. Right? I think so too. I mean, yeah, who is going to bother so building these really complicated yeah, physical Because they're already, it's, it's already pretty good. Yeah. It is funny. You we know? just did some, a video on film. And it's funny how things now that are old school, like even a brick and mortar shop or, Whatever, there's getting, you know, stationary hand, you know, now they're all like a boutique experience. Like we filmed something yeah, on fetishy. film yeah. and it felt like it was like a fetish experience. Yeah. But it was I just so did it too, but I loved it. Dude, it was great. We loved it too. And what I love, and the it's tension. funny, like we made this video. Yes, like we don't have that much film left. <laughs> yeah. Shut it. And we made, Turn the, it off. we made this video on film for an album I recorded on tape. And in both experiences, the pressure to make final decisions was mm-hmm. what I really loved about mm-hmm. it. That it's like you don't have the luxury. everyone has all these safety nets of how many backup versions of things they're doing. Yeah. That was really exciting. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel I feel like films having a little moment. You is know? It? In the same way that like vinyl is back and like VHS tapes are back. I don't know if you guys have seen that, but I've like there's not. like oh, I love that. all these video rental stores opening up. Oh, That's wow. good because there really are quite a few things you can't get. Thousands of films. And right? increasingly because no one wants to pay the residuals. Right. So yes. they're pulling so, stuff off streaming. You know Westworld, <laughs> the Evans show on HBO, oh, yeah, yeah. that's been pulled off because oh. they didn't want to pay the residuals on it. That was a massive show yeah. that these brilliant filmmakers and actors put in like five years of their life yeah. to. You can't watch it now unless you pay $100 to get it via the iTunes store. Right, which no so one's it'll be less that. expensive maybe to get a video rental again and yeah. go back to that. Did and I there's return just so my many video in films time? that were made that never made yeah. it to, that never were never digitized or never put to, st- right. to streaming. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know, maybe it's just like like a little weird trend or something right. like that. Yeah. But like you know, those kinds of things. That's make me, fun. Like you know, if people are shooting film, people are making records. I mean, it's. You, I mean, I'm sure if you try to do vinyl, like vinyl. It takes like two years or something because the the, demand is so huge. It's partly because it's really interesting because there's (laughs) these huge artists like Taylor Swift and Adele are printing quite a lot of vinyl that their fans, I don't know if they're playing the vinyl or they're just buying it at Urban Outfitters and putting it on their wall. Right. But it ties up the plants. It ties up the pressing (laughs) plants. Oh, really? So it's hard to get your record scheduled. Yeah, our our kid likes albums and puts them in frames. So like she'll get them like that. So yeah, maybe it is more like like an 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 object, object. art object or something like that. Yeah. But that's, I, I do, I think that, need to have a physical object i'm torn sometimes i feel that it's sort of like nostalgic materialism and there's really no point to it but then i also honor the the fact that like wow there is an impulse in us that does not want to turn our whole life into zeros and ones 
Like we want to be in, like yeah. I only said today, like she, th- she thought we were doing this on Zoom and I was like, no, no, Aaron's coming in. She was like, oh, yay. Like it's more fun to be in well, person. Also, we had, um, you know, Nomi Fry. I don't know. She's yeah. a writer. She, she came over and I had a Nan Golden book and a couple books out and, and we were looking at certain art and things like they like graphic or something. Yeah. And we sat and chatted and like looked at some books together and it felt, I was like, are we in a time machine? Did we go <laughs> back to like, cause like, like it was fun met. to go to people. <laughs> houses and when you like uh, look at this stuff look at, <laughs> yeah. like, you know you look at a book and you're like oh yeah i love that and i don't know you just like hold stuff and play records and whatever that yeah. that is it I does think, feel nostalgic but it's fun i think it's human a human need though i mean i'm not, I'm not like a scientist or something but like we need to touch things right yeah, like, yeah. we're human beings like we need like like no matter how digital things get on one side like maybe we need it more yeah you know like people like are so into like connecting with nature you know, which like it's not really my thing, but like, yeah, uh, like hiking and and you know the whole like nature kind of thing is so huge. And I, I sometimes think that's that's like a direct response to like how digital totally. are like, the, yeah. like human beings. We need like to hold a record or to like yeah, you know, feel tactile next to other people or you know the yeah. Like, what more, do you like, think about what, yeah? What do you think of a digital art? Um, like oh, I was, right. we listened to, you know, Ian Rogers. Yeah. Like we listened, did you listen to him on Rick Rubin's podcast? No, I should. Great long chat yeah. about If you're on a road trip, because it's, it's like, they're so long, but okay. that one. I, it's that, long I think, and technical. I think okay. that's the only one of Rick's. Well, I'm not, I don't know. Anyway, I've heard more of Rick Rubin. But, that but one was really, good ones on really, really Yeah, good. but it was fun because like, you know, we all go back with Ian, but I've never heard him formally just go through all his theories about, um, digital you know where the culture is going and everything but he has this massive collection of digital art and he says i know i've lost money on it like the market did not move the way everyone thought it was going to with um what were they called again the uh, nfts NFTs. yeah um but he's he actually he he has a website where you can look at his collection Mm -hmm. and it's almost like a it looks like pinterest (laughs) yeah Maybe it's like playing cards Sorry, or collect, <laughs> collecting stamps or I don't know. To me, that that I get lost. Like that one, I don't get. But do you, uh, do you like the idea of digital art? No, no, doesn't interest you. No, because what do you do with it? How do you display it? People buy flat screens and they like cycle through right. or whatever. I'm not you know, down. but it's like it's just it's the quality of the. I'm gonna sound like a snob right now. I'm not a snob. I think anytime an artist is making anything, it's good. But it's like illustrators, right? You know, it's not. It's like. But he has photographs. He has like like people that took great photographs right. that issued five. You know, <laughs> well, it sounds like NFTs. a collect. Like it's a fun I mean, thing. I don't want to diss anyone. Okay, it's a no. It's a no <laughs> on NFTs from Aaron Rose. We understand. It's fun to collect, I guess, but it seems more like a, a like um, fantasy football or I don't a know something bit. like like yeah. a fun a fun buy a print. Right. Yeah. Yeah, totally. You know, totally. I mean, what, I yeah. get it. Sometimes prints end up just like stored somewhere, but yeah. still, we one day piles of them against walls. Um, right. But you know, do, what do you have a vision of alleged as sort of as a brand, like into the future? Because I feel like that's sort of like there. People push me to do it. We yeah. did our first T-shirt. Yeah, I know. I ordered one. Yeah, it's coming. Cool. We're a small operation. No, no, it's fine. No, it's fine. Um, after like years of people being like, you've got to just do that. Everybody will want that. Just do that. I'm like, oh, that sounds so lame. I don't want to be in the clothing business. You know, mm. like the, I always feel like clothing business is like a cop out, mm. you know, but, it, but well, then, if it's a part of something. Yeah, it? but then I'm, like the response has been really good. So yeah, yeah. maybe. 
Yeah. Hmm, maybe. Yeah, I mean, you know? we but kind then of. It's that balancing back to the before. It's like, is that too much like in the past? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, should I just like do something new and like not just, but I guess you but can do it all. t-shirts are good. And I the nice, yeah. the nice thing about a brand um, is, you know, our company's a brand that we do all kinds of things with. Like right. it doesn't, we could make a t-shirt, but then we could also put out a record and we could do, right. like, I do think it though it has, it has cultural capital attached to it. It does. And the question is, do you in your lifetime enjoy that? Or does it, you know what I mean? Is it something someone rediscovers at some point? I and, do. Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, and yeah. I thought about it, you know, yeah. I think I'd need like a partner or something, yeah. you know, I need like investors or a partner or someone totally. who's like, you know, let's do this. And then it's yeah, more yeah, fun. Yeah, 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 for sure. If, like if it, when it's just you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. not as fun. Totally. You know, it just becomes more of like. Absolutely. You know? Totally. So it'd be like somebody would have to be like, let's do this together. And I'd be like, okay, great. You know? Yeah. Then like it could be. It'll be like more enjoyable. Yeah. Yes. Not yeah, even exactly. from the money stuff, but just like yeah. you have like someone to well, bounce you... off of and you're building this thing. Yeah. Together. No, we're the yeah. same. I yeah. feel like everything <laughs> you know? we're doing, we it's you you want to celebrate little victories with somebody yeah. too. It's <laughs> otherwise you're like, yeah, it's a bit, it's a lonely and, process. And, yeah. and balance the like, you know, I mean you do more technical stuff and but yeah, but we whatever, you know, you can do different Yeah, jobs. divide divide the tasks. Yeah, right? yeah, because you guys are putting out records, I saw. Yeah. yeah. We've just done digital though. Okay. We we've so NFT records. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but we did like for instance, so there's this one band. song at a time. Just yeah. Whatever. Oh, is that how you're doing it like yeah. singles? Yeah, that's singles. kind of how culture works right? at the moment. Yeah. So we look at it like sort of like sub pop singles club or something. Right. Just digital. Like we yeah. did um do you know Byron Spencer? I feel like he's like Chris Chang knows him. He's an okay. Aussie director and photographer. Okay, he's I've recently seen his work. Yeah, he's. He, I've done stuff with him. He's shot for like recently, like Lady Gaga and Julia Fox. He's he's super cool. Okay, but he has a band called Deep Faith with um this guy Daniel Stricker who is in this band Midnight Juggernauts and. They put out a single called King of the Red Hot Chili Peppers that was an AI Snoop Dogg singing like an electro clash song about seeing Anthony Kiedis at the nail salon. Amazing. And we were, and, and it was so, it was kind of like probably going to get pulled down off Spotify at some point, but we were right. like, we'll put this out. Let's yeah. put this out. And it's, we just look at it as like so a way to like, Help the team out. You know what I mean? Yeah, Be like, you're hey, contributing to a little culture, bit of a platform. You know, you know you're yeah. giving. You yeah. Know, it's like, it's important to give, yeah. right? It, you know. Yeah, it's good. Exactly. Yeah. Just, so we just, we're just using it in that way. And then we've doing, like you came to the Joanna Sternberg, like uh, she's so putting on little shows. And yeah. It's, it's kind of fun with things like, I mean, I think what's interesting and what I relate to about the way you did Alleged was that like, you kind of had this innocent this was like the punk rock dream. It was the innocence of believing the money will take care of itself. Yeah. <laughs> and that's kind of what we believe too. Yeah. And sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. But living that way is a better way to live, I think. I think so. You know. I think so. You know, it 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 allows for surprises for sure. Yeah. You know, because there's not so much strategy involved. You totally. know, it's, I mean a little bit of strategy, but it's more like, I like this. Let's do let's do it. But you're right, it does always work out. Yeah. You know? Like I think about that all the time. Like I'm 54 years old, and you know I have a kid, and like you know the the, the dude on the cover of that poetry book is like so far away. Mm. He's not though. He's kind of still in me, but he's like so far away, and like it all kind of did, yeah, work out yeah. in a weird way. But like that guy would never have thought that, mm. you know. Amazing. Do you know people who still stayed in Calabasas that you? My parents still live yeah. there. Yeah, it's in beautiful, the same right? house. Oh, those property value must have gone up. Oh, it's crazy. They, they should like it was like hippies and horses, like <laughs> right. in the eighties. Yeah, there wasn't really none of the celebrities were out there yet. Our kid mm. Goldie loves 
it out there, right? Which she's been yeah. once, but she not, but only when she was a little kid. But she really liked the, I guess, the nature vibe of it mm-hmm. or something. It has a good vibe. Mm-hmm. The old town, yeah, like, it's changed now. They built like a fancy like mall and stuff, but there's still like the old parts, like an old western town. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just you know? down the bottom. There. Um, uh, so let's wrap up with. Tell us where if people want T-shirts or your black up poems. <laughs> where the how they do that. <laughs> The t-shirts are all gone. Oh, damn. Yeah, they sold right. out. But the Blackout Poems is published by Hat and Beard Press, which is an amazing local publisher, um, LA publisher. And you can get it on their website, which is like hattandbeard.com. Cool. You can order it from that way. Awesome. That way. And it's only 12 bucks. It's cheap. Dude, that is Pocket book fits in your pocket. This is not a cheap book to press, though. It's like a nice, you've done like a yeah, nice. Yeah, it's not really. It's yeah. not. We're not well, in it for the money, money, money <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Good. That would be weird if this is this was the final, the way you were going to make your, get your big payday, a book of poetry. <laughs> you it never is, know. Yeah, it is. It's the uh, it's the it's the next big uh, bull market. Yeah. Uh, the, you want me to read a poem? Yeah, man. Yeah. Should I just open it randomly? Yeah. Sure. This is a good one. It's called Starfish. We are all frustrated pop stars. Even pop stars are frustrated pop stars. This is a myth. That is a wish. Have you ever touched a starfish? There's a career in what you hear. On the street, there's a motion picture behind every face that you meet. Do you think if you hold back, what you lack won't be seen? Do you care if somewhere what gets you scared can't be shared? There's an agent of disaster in pure style. There's a fatal distraction in every winning smile. Do you see the aviators in mid-blue sighting you? If you do, do you care if they should dive on a target still alive? Have you ever kissed a starfish? Have you ever killed a starfish? Amazing. Thank you. Oh my God, that's good. It was very wow. romantic until you're, the end. You're good. <laughs> you're good. That was awesome, dude. That Thank was, you so much. That was great when I was young. No, that was good now. <laughs> um, Thank you guys. Love that. I listen to every episode, Aww. by the way. Oh. I think I've told you before. Yeah, oh, yeah. Thank I you. really do. I'm re- good. You're, I'm really glad. I aspire to be like you guys. Oh my God. Like your banter and the way you talk and your guests and everything. It's really. It's easy. You just interrupt a lot. <laughs> <Yeah>. That's the key. <laughs> oh, you want to say goodbye to the beautiful babies? Oh, yeah. <laughs> good, goodbye, beautiful babies. Don't sell out. Together we're weirder, we're weirder together. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.